Welcome to The Lamb and the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, I'll propose three biblical figures we can turn to in this time of crisis. Obviously, we find ourselves in a pretty unique scenario these days. Uh, so I'm recording from home, so if you can hear dogs barking in the background or my son crying, that is exactly why. Uh, But today I'd like to share with you three biblical figures that I thought were uh, useful for reflection on during this time of crisis, during this time of the worldwide pandemic that we're experiencing. And those three characters are Job, Joseph, and Jesus. Coincidentally, I'll begin with the letter J as well. So what I'll do is I'll I'll briefly be going through some of their uh, stories today, or at least some aspects of their stories, and I'll be using some clips from an episode of the Word on Fire show, which is Bishop Barron's podcast, in addition to my own thoughts to put together this episode. If you'd like to hear the whole episode from Bishop Barron, which was released yesterday on Tuesday, March 24th, then I'll include that link in the show notes so that you can pursue it uh, on your own. So the first figure is Job. Now, Job's story is a very interesting story. He's an Old Testament figure His story is found in the wisdom section of the Old Testament. Essentially, Job loses everything. He loses his family, his wealth, his property, everything. And very early in the story, it becomes clear that God is not taking these things away from him, but is permitting that these things be taken away from Job. And so Job goes through this immense suffering, this immense time of questioning, like why this is happening. And it builds all the way throughout the book to the very end where Job finally addresses God. And then in a dramatic conclusion, God addresses Job. And I'd like to read part of chapter 38 to you. So this is chapter 38 from the book of Job, starting at verse 4. Where were you when I founded the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its size? Do you know? Who stretched out the measuring line for it? And essentially, God is talking to Job here and saying, you're not God. You don't have the perspective that I have. And that's a tough, tough line for Job and for all of us, really. Because in the midst of suffering, it can be easy to ask these questions of why, why, why? And ultimately, the frustrating but true answer is that we're not God. This idea that's explored here in the book of Job is is really a famous question about the problem of suffering, or some will phrase it as the problem of evil. And so at this point, I would like to turn to Bishop Barron, and I'll play a couple clips for you as he digs through, at least briefly, this very common question or problem that is posed. Does God permit evil at times to bring about a greater good? Yeah, that principle goes back to St. Augustine, reiterated by St. Thomas Aquinas. It remains, seems to me, the most adequate general account of this problem. So God doesn't cause evil, God's purely good, but God can permit evil at times to bring about some greater good. Okay, principle is true. Problems come in when we try to get super specific about that. So, oh, I get it. God permitted this so that this might happen. Oh, here's the reason why this thing has happened. That's almost always wrong. You know, you know this, Brandon. In logic, you've got the fallacy of, of the um, univocal cause or the, the unique cause. So here's a phenomenon. Well, what caused it? Oh, here's this one thing. Well, it's rarely that way, right? In fact, there's usually a whole conjuries of causes, a whole set of influences that give rise to a given phenomenon. Well, I'll just turn that around and talk about the fallacy of the singular effect. So, 
Something has happened. Well, now, why? Why? Well, for this one reason. Well, certainly when it comes to God, that's hardly ever the case. Now, why? Because the providential God is concerned with all of space and all of time. Why has God permitted, let's say now in our case, why has God permitted this evil of the coronavirus? There could be 85,475,200... There there could be a million times a billion effects, reasons why God has done this. Now, as Bishop Barron said, God doesn't cause bad things to happen so that he can bring about a good result. But God can bring good from bad. And a great example of that is the second character I'd like to focus on today, which is Joseph. And again, Joseph's story is relatively well known. He's the 11th of 12 brothers. His father is Jacob. Uh, He's well loved by his father, Jacob, but his brothers don't like him for a number of different reasons. And essentially the brothers finally decide that they're going to kill him before they scale the idea back and say, we're going to pretend that we killed him. Before they scale the idea back and say, we're going to pretend that Joseph was killed And in all reality, we're going to sell him into slavery. And so Joseph ends up getting shipped away by his brothers, and Jacob thinks his beloved son has been killed. But lo and behold, of course, Joseph rises. Not right away. He's thrown into jail first, but it's through jail that he's found by Pharaoh. And he falls into the good fortunes of Pharaoh through some of his dream interpreting abilities. And ultimately, Pharaoh is so pleased that he puts him as his second in command, essentially his right-hand man, throughout Egypt. And Joseph becomes the man in charge when it comes to storing grain and keeping food in preparation for this famine that Joseph has predicted. As the years go by, the famine then hits, and it's Joseph who ultimately saves not only the Egyptians, but then also the Israelites, brothers who come to Egypt looking for food, and ultimately, surprisingly, are reunited with their brother. And at the end of the story, Joseph offers a powerful reflection. This is found in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good, to achieve the present end, the survival of many people. Essentially, God can work good from bad. That doesn't mean God wants the bad to happen. He doesn't will the evil. That's not in his nature. But he can use these situations to bring about a greater good. Now, again, with this in mind, let's turn to Bishop Barron for some additional reflection. And so the best thing is to say, Lord, I trust in you that you allow evil to bring about a greater good. And then, Lord, give me the grace to respond to this opening of the door that's right in front of me. I don't ask for the distancing. One step enough for me. That's a good way to approach it. Now, the last figure, of course, fittingly and appropriately for today to look at is Jesus. As Christians, we believe this crazy thing that God became man. He broke into time and space, and then this man died on a cross. God died on a cross. Jesus didn't ignore our suffering. No, he actually dove in. He experienced suffering. He experienced pain. He experienced death. Again, death on a cross. And so as we experience suffering in this time of crisis, know that we're not alone. Jesus experienced this. Our church, our community, the mystical body of Christ is experiencing this together. And so I suppose that's my little pep talk for this week. That despite the time of crisis, the time of fear, the time of unknowing, of uncertainty, 
God can bring about great things from this. He's working in each of us right now. To that end, I'm releasing a number of uh, additional resources throughout this week. Again, the Lent reflections will continue coming uh, each morning. There's an interview scheduled for tomorrow and a couple that will be coming in future weeks. And the Sunday scripture reflections will continue coming on Fridays around noon. So please check those out. That's all for today. So thank you very much for listening.